It is the Dirty Sheets back once again, a day early for everybody this week because we got shit to do. So we are going to get into all the things that you want to talk about, especially attendance, since Billy was at the AEW show of All In. I'm Cab Manning from the Lingus Mafia podcast. All my nonsense is at Lingus Mafia on X. And uh, Billy is, of course, on X as well and multiple things there. That is at Dirty Sheets X and Lock Betting X. And uh, what's the other one you have? That's it. Okay. You're, you're at Dirty Sheets X because yes. I, I, I only tweet via you. Yes, I'm um, in charge of it so everybody can. Uh, I'm, as I say, manning the Twitter over there. So when you have something to say, I always, uh, when I put it on there, I put a BB at the end of it so everybody knows that's what Billy is saying. Yeah, and that just stops me from replying to the responses. Although I have replied to some responses from my I, other accounts. I've can't seen that. Because <laughs> it's such fucking nonsense. It really fucking bothers me. Well, let's get into it right off the bat. We're talking about this all in. And I have some opinions. I, I was going to torment you to start this thing and go, I believe it was 81,000, just to watch you go fucking lose your mind. Um, Here's a couple of things. First okay. of all, like, uh, Cab says I, I went to the show, which I did, mm -hmm. but he was as good as there. He was as good as there. I gave him every view throughout every time. So it can't be a case of, I, I hear this thing of, the oh, well, you took a video for the pre yeah. you took a video on the pre-show, or you took it from this angle. Nope. I put the fucking camera out multiple times, scanned and panned around and sent it to Cav. Cav said, oh, how about this? Or how about that? Or what's it like right now? Or what about this yeah. section? Like, yeah, I was up, very down, devil's advocate. I place. was very devil's advocate. I wasn't just like, yeah, let's fuck them. Because um, I, I want to get a true also, feel, you know? Also, he's let me rant on social media and um, I've talked to Brad Shepard, AW Botches, um, I've done an entire fucking podcast about this that I released this week for free. Um, and he is not spoken to me about nope. it at all because he does this, thing. he does this thing where it's like, Oh, let's fucking get on the show. Let's get yeah. like the real conversation. Let's not put the second conversation out. So I knew that's what you were doing. Yeah. So I, that's why I was like, let's do it now while I've got <laughs> loads of time. And I, I don't want to rush through it because if we've done that whole thing where you've not fucking replied to my messages for a, for a whole week. <laughs> Um, then, then let's then let's get the show done whilst I still care about it because not that I won't care about it tomorrow but I have four other shows to do and I'll be like clock watching so yeah. once we get past the meat and potatoes uh, I'll probably be quite disengaged and wanting to finish um, after the first 20 minutes after the main bit's done yeah. but we can really like get into it properly here so, so yeah I'll let you I'll let you carry it because I've already as I said I've already done my show so yeah. So Billy has done a show already, and the people that are like listening to us through the feed of the Dirty Sheets uh, podcast, uh, you've heard the Billy show. And I can't tell you how many people enjoyed it, Billy. I got messages, not only on Twitter, but personal, that said, I'm fucking dying from Billy's fucking show. So they all very much enjoy you screaming and yelling. Um, so I try to look at it like I, I couldn't, for one, tell you what this many or that many people look like, right? So I also yielded to what our buddy Umar says because Umar is very level and he's not looking to say fuck AEW. He's not looking to say anything other than what he sees. 
So talking to him as well, he said he's been to Wembley when it's been 90 and been 100, you know, 1,000 people and what it looks like and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm telling you, no way. And I'm like, do you think it's 70? He said he thinks it's 60 to 65 or 60 to 70 maybe. And what's funny is if that's the case, it's a fucking fantastic accomplishment because you thought it was going to be well less than that. So to have as many as they had, God bless them. And, you know, I'm all for whatever the fuck you could pull in because God knows they can't fill out 15,000 at, uh, you know, in Chicago. So looking at it myself, I see, I see that the top is very sprinkled. It's not full. They never said it was a sellout, so that's fine. So the top is sprinkled. And then you also see different sections that are tarped off for, like, entrance area and equipment area and camera area. So things are going to be tarped off. So then you have to include in how many people are on the floor, which is very spaced out. It's not like they were from front to the fucking back, you know, I guess, uh, you know, hazard, fire hazard, all that kind of stuff. Um, so Tony Khan said something during the that press conference shit that says he's having it audited so we can get a real count, and that should be available for everybody. So if there is an audit, now here's where I think they're getting their number from because I don't believe that that many 81,000, whatever the hell it was, right? 80,100, whatever it was, um, are in the actual seats because they do cling to the number of tickets sold. So that's not saying that many people are there because when you're able to get a ticket, um, and it's a ton. So there's a ton of people who have bought in resale tickets and they could buy a hundred tickets at a time, whatever the hell they want to do and then sell them. If they don't sell, then the guy's eating them or he's selling them for a dollar, you know, um, because your seats were supposed to be 200 something each, which turned into $27 each, whatever the fuck it was. Right. And I, I did just stop confusing people with that. Um, I did not get those on resale. I got them, you got them from like a ticket master. the actual, yeah, I got them from Ticketmaster yes. because there was a major reduction of, um, oh, Jesus, like that would be, I mean, it's a tenth of the price. So that would be a thousand percent. I had someone uh, going off on Twitter about like, I'll read you the exact stuff they said because they had all these points and you could you could blast it down because I, I have no, no doubt that uh, you really can. Um where they said, "What about this? What about that?" and and a lot and one of them was a lot about, um, well, AEW has nothing to do with those resale tickets dropping on sale. And I was like, and I wanted to reply and go, "Nah, man, that's like Ticketmaster. That wasn't through any resale. That was flat out through the main ticket thing." Okay, so this is, uh, I'm pretty sure Aiden writing this because it's it's a book that I got sent. Um, yes. Uh, so it says, I guess, uh, my deal is that is number one is first saying AEW wouldn't draw 40,000, but he himself said he thought it was probably 54. So it beat that. I don't think that's a issue. Who gives a fuck? Okay. It's, 
it's still it's not the 80. That's what that's what the main thing is. Yeah, they probably succeeded more than what you thought they would. Would you think that originally that they did more than what you thought would be? No. Not not in terms of not in terms of sales. And I know for a fact that they didn't sell 100 they didn't sell 60,000 tickets. I know for an absolute fact through family businesses that they did not sell 60,000. It was a legal requirement. This is what people don't understand. I'm not it's it's so fucking dumb to like to actually question it because it's a fact. It's been a fact since nineteen eighty nine, since my family have been there buying up the bars and restaurants in that area since nineteen eighty nine. There are three types of events that run at that stadium. Number one is category A. That means we have a sellout and we have hostile people attending what that means very simply is there's a team team one let's say let's not name teams team one yeah. and team two and team one need to have their own pubs and bars and team two they need to have their own pubs and bars and therefore you need to display a sticker that is given to you by the Wembley Traders Association to designate your pub to it's actually given to you you don't get to choose because obviously you'd want the busier team but it's designated to you, which surprisingly, by the way, weird fact, they know they never want teams in London because teams in London supporters, um, even though it's right there, they drink in the city instead and they come to the game late uh, and, and they miss all the pubs in the area. So they want northern teams who drink more as well coming from far out who start drinking at 9am for the game. That's what the bars want. They want northern teams. So just giving you a little bit mm-hmm. of inside info. Like they, they want... My dad and my uncle and all these people, they want Liverpool and Manchester City and Manchester United. They don't want Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea. So people that are English will know what I'm talking about. So essentially, that is category A. We got a fucking shitload of people and they fucking hate each other. So the the protocol, the protocol for that is maximum staff and maximum and you're gonna be full to capacity. So my dad's bar is 240. Um, but he pushes that sometimes to 280 because he built a, um, a beer garden back there. So it's 280 max capacity, um, which is always about 70 less than what you would, than what the actual capacity is just for safety reasons. So you're allowed to have, um, um, about 80% of your capacity. So two, 280 is the number for my dad. And, uh, that entails usually having five bar staff, canceling food. And having four doormen, one of one of whom must be a woman, you must have one female, and mm-hmm. the other three can be men, which which they are. Okay, that's category A. Category B means that it's 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 above sixty thousand, and it may get to eighty thousand. There will be no further update. Just it's going to be category B. It's not hostile, but it's going to be busy. So you can allow everybody in. You must have two doormen, one male, one female, and you can staff it appropriate as much as much as appropriately as you want based on the information we're giving you. So it's essentially a heads up. Hey, it's busy as fuck. This event's going really well. Uh, it's part it's surpassed sixty thousand. You're gonna be busy. Be prepared to be busy. And the legal requirement is one male doorman and one female doorman. So we're talking about legal fact to run a business in that area. Legal fact, right? Mm-hmm. This was a Category C event and remained a Category C event, which is under 60,000, which is rare for the stadium, but it's under 60,000. You do not need door staff, so we didn't have any. 
um, and you don't necessarily need extra staff. It's up to you. Um, and my dad, because I can prove this, um, continued to serve not only food, not only food, but Sunday roast, which is the fucking most difficult thing to do. But there's one thing you don't want to be doing when you're flat out busy and expecting to be busy is doing orders on a Sunday roast because it's fucking complicated as fuck. And um, it's one of the most difficult things to do. Put doing fish and chips and burgers and pizzas and, and whatever, curries is easy. They just, they, they, you know, it's all prepared and you just like mm. have to heat up the food or cook specific bits or whatever. Fucking putting together, um, cutting, cutting up a fucking um, massive piece of meat and slicing it and getting all the food out there with, 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 with reheating like gravy and all kinds. Of, it's just fucking, you don't, you don't want to be doing a roast when you're busy. So he continued on with the Sunday roast because Sunday roast is profitable. It's sold at like 20 pounds a person. And he was like, fuck it. There's no reason for me not to serve roast. And my uncle and uh, my cousin did the same thing with our three bars. Uh, my uncle's got two bars, but he's given one to his son. So that's why it's three. So everybody carried on as normal as per the legal instructions of Brent Council and the Wembley Traders Association. Now, the pecking order for this is um, it starts with the Football Association who own the stadium. Now, if there's a soccer game on there, the Football the football Association would distribute all the comps by themselves, which is when my dad can go directly to the Wembley Traders Association who deal directly with the Football Association and it's very easy to get tickets and good tickets as well. Now, my free AW tickets were not good. So, um, originally I said to my dad, can I get tickets for this event? He said, yeah, I'll find out. And the difference is, is the football association in the pecking order moves down to number two because it's not the football association's event. So if it's NFL, um, Harry Styles, AEW, these are all events coming up or that have come, have been done recently. Um, you need to actually, uh, the football association deal with the promoter and the Wembley Traders Association and Brent Council become third on the pecking order for tickets. But the Football Association were given 25,000 free tickets for AEW, and all of them were in the 500 section. Now, I don't sit in the 500 section, but I could have sat anywhere I wanted to in the 500 section. So, obviously, like, I said to my dad, oh, do you know if you can get anything better because I'm um, just say like, oh, he's bringing his young son. And because obviously normally people just want shit for free. So they're just like going, oh yeah, you got tickets to this and they chuck them out and people, you know, just want something to do. They not, but if you can convey that you're passionate about it, uh, perhaps there might be a ticket or two lying around that are better. Mm -hmm. So my dad was going to go back, but before he could do that, um, there was a guy drinking and eating at his bar who actually was doing the pyro for AEW. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll give, I'll give you a couple of tickets. So when they um, came through, when my dad said, said to me about that, he goes, yeah, all you need to do, he goes, is um, go and collect them and say your name. They're AEW tickets <laughs> with my, and they're under my name. So as you know, at that point, I didn't go into it with my dad and say, oh, this company hate me because he'd be like, oh, why are you going then? And like, I couldn't be bothered. Like my dad doesn't know what, my dad doesn't know why what I do or what I'm like or what beefs I have or anything. So I was just like, oh yeah. Oh, thanks dad. Yeah. They're much better. Like that's much better. And had no intention of using those ones. So I had the pretty much the best seats in the house that I couldn't sit in 
because they were owned by AW, and I and I was paranoid about going to collect these and basically announcing myself mm-hmm. as being present at the event. So I, I, my dad thinks I sat there. Um, he knows I didn't sit in the 500s, but I actually was just going to sit in the 500s until I went on to Ticketmaster and saw that the tickets had been reduced from £250, £248, which come up to £281.75 with a booking fee. So £282 tickets that I picked up for £27 each. And a couple of my friends were absolutely furious because they got in early and I was talking to them about the bar. And a lot of people said, like, oh, show us, show me, show me, show me, even my own friends. So I did, pulled my phone out, there you go. 27 pounds better seats than you and they were fucking furious about so that's like some background about why it is a fact that they didn't get to sixty thousand. um and my own ticketing situation i don't know we had this conversation or not but like if we didn't then then you know and everyone else so the other thing was on on the news over there did they announce that there was a record broken on the newscast not at all. Okay. Not at all. It wasn't mentioned. Okay, because this is what, of course, was said to me. Um, the audit thing, though, if if Tony Khan said this is being audited, that shit's got to be legal and fucking up top. So, got to get a fucking copy of that. Um, but like I'm saying, well, I, he bought I, his own. He bought his, bought his own tickets, didn't he? That is true. That's fucking true. Um, he could buy a fucking shit because it's the most paid for. It is very odd to me that it becomes because. This is all stemming from people saying to Tony Khan that it's a, a secondary company. He fucking had a heart attack about that and freaked the fuck out. And it's like he can't he just sponsored, take he sponsored, he sponsored, he sponsored AEW to um, make the books look stronger for a TV. D- didn't remember a few years ago, he sponsored AEW, one of his other companies. He gave mm-hmm. AEW a sponsorship for a company that he owned. So it's like... In order to... In order I, I I hate to tell you this, Billy. I am telling you this right now, and you can mark my words and watch it kind of come happen now, because Tony Khan is jerking himself off about eighty thousand, and we have a record. We have a record. What you don't want to happen is about to happen. They are going to have WrestleMania two days worth in Wembley, and they are going to fucking break the record fucking twice. Every fu- each day, they're going to fucking break this just to stick it in Tony Khan's ass because it's being rubbed well, in their face. <laughs> well, I actually want that to happen now. As much as I don't <laughs> want WrestleMania to be here, as much as I don't want WrestleMania to be here, and I would prefer it to be another SummerSlam or whatever, how fucking dare you take a shit and, and, and damage the historical relevance of SummerSlam 1992, an event that came over here three years after WWE arrived on Sky. It was absolutely massive. In fact, it came over here because we were numbers that were comparable to you guys in the US. It was an absolute machine in the UK and Germany to the point where they thought, what the fuck? Like, we can go over there and we could sell out a stadium. And it was um, a promoter, I can't remember his full name, Gold Goldwyn, or there's a, there's a documentary about it that I've watched. He was he brought the WWE over first. Like he brought them over to the UK in 1989. Mm. And the way it used to be run back then was that they would take they would they would bring the WWE over 
and they would take all of the merchandising sales. Um, he he would he would produce his own merchandise for the event, and the WWE would take all of the gay. Um, and there would be a minimum um, amount in terms of that they would that they would be paid for the gate. There would be like almost a deposit to come over that they would be like, look, we're not fucking coming over unless we get underground, whatever it was back in the day. So yeah, he he took the gamble. It wasn't Vince. Vince had no plans to come over here. He was convinced by this promoter. I think his name's Harvey Goldstein. I'm not sure. I need to have a look. But he and he was the one that said. I think we can do SummerSlam. And again, sold it to Vince. So as much as Vince has done incredible things and he was fully behind WrestleMania 3, people thought he was crazy. Vince thought this guy was crazy. And then eventually was like, fuck it, everything you said so far has worked for the last three years. And they brought that event over and they genuinely sold it out. And it looked nothing like AEW. AEW didn't look like, here's a couple of facts. How it many, didn't look and sound. How many how many seats does the original Wembley hold? Did you do you know like real seats? Yeah, it was it, it was it was still ninety thousand. Mm -hmm. It was um, in fact it was it was slightly higher. So for safety reasons, they've changed it. They used they've they've now created Club Wembley. Club Wembley is a VIP section, which is where I sat. The two hundred section, which has fancier food, uh, fancier food, private bars, more toilets, just things like nice and mm -hmm. nicer leather seats, which is quite that. So they only have 1,966 of, of those seats in the 200 section because England won the Soccer World Cup in 1966. So it's basically um, Club Wembley has 1,966 mm. seats. And the 1966 lounge is where the top hospitality takes place where people can have their meals. So you can actually have Club Wembley and you can have the nice seats and you can have better food but you may not have the three-course meal that served in the 1966 um, restaurant. Mm. So there's loads of different levels to hospitality, and I've I've done all of them over the years um, for, for different events. So I, I know this stadium. I've been going to this stadium since I was a little kid. I've been going here since I was seven years old. No fucking Mark podcaster can tell me about Wembley Stadium, not when I have three businesses that are linked to the stadium and have been going there since I fucking was a little kid. So there's no one that can tell me shit. So here's the thing. It didn't sound like WrestleMania. It didn't sound like WrestleMania. It didn't look like WrestleMania in terms of the number of seats that were available. I've been to WrestleMania. In fact, I went to a SummerSlam in Nashville where they did block off mm -hmm. one side of the arena and I could see it. And that was equivalent to what AEW did with the aisle. Instead, WWE used the hard cam. WWE did not fully block off two sections. Now, why did, if AEW thought and were genuinely going for a record, why did they make um, the aisle in the middle of the long side and in the end zone, like let's say where the goal is for me, end zone is what you would say, mm -hmm. in the end zone section, that's where they put their hard cam. So the entire end zone of the stadium in the 100 section was not used. That is 10,000 seats. Then in the 15,000 section, they only used 2,500 seats on both sides of it and decided to waste another 10,000 seats to build the aisle, to build the, um, the entrance. So they, made, they, chose, they chose not to have a tiny hand ca uh, hard cam in the middle of the long side where it would normally be, like WWE would do, Instead of having one tiny camera there and then perhaps using the, um, the end zone side for the aisle, which would be a normal thing to do, 
because then you'd be saying, oh, hey, we want to, we're going to lose 12,500 seats here. We're going to lose the entire um, end zone side the, where the goal is. We're going to build the entrance there. So, right. Well, but we only want to lose 2,500 for the hard camp. Why would you need to, to, to you lose more than 12,000 seats for, for a camera? It's a joke. They had no intention, no intention of selling out. So the the whole thing is the secret of them just saying this many tickets sold. Because it doesn't matter if they're sold for a dollar or fucking five billion dollars. It's sold. And so it's not people there. And that's where they're getting around the whole we had 80,000 people. And it's no, you didn't. It's that many were sold. Not that many people came. And I think well, then there's, there's, your other, there's your other problem. There's your other problem right off the bat because they've made claims to say that it was the most tickets sold as well, uh, which basically you've got Dave Meltzer out there who has calculated that WrestleMania 32, which was significantly busier than this event, he downgraded WWE's number with whatever research he did to 80,000. You can go on Wikipedia now. And WrestleMania 32 has been downgraded from 101,000 to 80,000. And Dave Meltzer is cited as the source. And Wikipedia accept this. This fucking clown who can't even distinguish what was being shouted at Trish Stratus um, is, is being... Is being yeah, thank you, Goddess. What's that. wrong with you? <laughs> this, this, this clown is being cited as being factually correct about the attendance. But what is his... And also what he did at WrestleMania 3 where he took... Um, 15,000 people away from WrestleMania 3. He took 21,000 people away from WrestleMania 32. But he verifies this fucking bullshit. Even though he was there and he can see MTC, 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 parked off section, parked off section, he decided to verify that a stadium went at its absolute capacity, for a, which was a boxing match that Tyson Fury had last year, mm. could only hold 94,000. That is with a full floor and every single seat allocated, 94,000 is what he can do. He looked around and thought, oh, there's only 15,000 not seats not there. So basically, every section that was topped was the only thing that they deducted. And they basically said, no, 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 you imagined that those seats were empty. Those people were just at the toilet. In every time <laughs> I took a photo, those seats were different seats were being different seats were empty because different people were out of the toilet. Is that what they're trying to say? Listen, it's an absolute joke. And as I said, the whole thing about sales, and he said that it's the most highest grossing, and also said it's the most tickets sold. Neither of those can be true because for it to be the highest grossing event, I would yeah. never pick up a ticket where I sat twenty seven pounds. I have never got a comp ticket to WrestleMania until this year when I was fucked and Rey Mysterio pulled it out of the bag. But up until then, not Drew, not Riddle, not Rico the cameraman, not Heath Slater, not anybody that I was friends with and, and others I'm not going to mention. Nobody has ever got me a ticket for WrestleMania. I have had to part ways with a minimum of $450. And since Austin started going, it's been up to $800 twice. I paid $1,600 this year to go to night one. And I had paid, and I had paid $600 to go to night two because I chose not to sit in as good a seat, but that didn't come through on StubHub because it fucked up. And then Ray ended up getting me ringside. So I have never, ever, ever since WrestleMania 21 
got a free WrestleMania ticket. And even at WrestleMania 21 in an arena, I still paid $200, which is, well, at the time, inflation is one is probably about £150, maybe £140, something like that, which is still um, seven times more than what I paid for this AW ticket. So how did they make that money when they had to reduce their tickets down to that price and handed 25,000 free tickets to the Football Association? And God knows who else had free tickets. I know Talk Sport had a load of free tickets. Yeah, didn't he say he gave away 10,000? 10,000 comps. <laughs> he gave away, like, he gave away about 40,000 comps. He, 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 25,000, 25,000 comps went to the football association and they would have been offered to every soccer team in England, along with every business in Wembley, along with every charity, along with probably another 5,000 going to the NHS, which is the national health service who always get free tickets for everything. So, <laughs> It's it's unbelievable. If you know, you know. Like we've got Umar, and he doesn't he doesn't know, but he does have some eyes. And obviously, we've reached the point where I'm seen as somebody who's anti AEW. Yet I've travelled to watch one of their pay per views in the US, mm -hmm. um, and my son. We, we we're in the hotel. He met MJF. He met CM Punk um, in in the hotel or just out outside the hotel. So there's no anti-AEW. It would be a lot better for everybody if this company was better. And if, and if they just came out and said, oh, we did 60,000, I'd be like, oh, fuck it. You added on 5,000, 10,000, whatever. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter. But and you, can, and you can build off it next year. But to embarrass yourself like this and to tell this lie when everybody can see, don't take it from me. If you don't want to, if you don't want to believe that we run those businesses and you don't want to believe they are the rules and they are the legal obligations, they're fine. Don't believe it. If you don't want to believe my videos, video proof and photos and whatnot, and the fact that I picked up a 27 pound ticket because I must've Photoshopped it. Don't believe me. That's fine. Why not believe in the other guy who, who works as a lawyer, who's never ever said anything controversial in his life, especially not when it comes to when it comes, I mean, I mean, in terms of publicly, I mean, obviously, like, not privately, but he's not out there on the record being controversial. He's been on this show, and he's just a very straight-laced, balanced opinion type of guy, as you described him as. What, what's his dog in the race? He took his kids. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see a wrestling show that, we, that they enjoyed, and he said they were bored compared to when they were at Money in the Bank. Mm -hmm. And Money in the Bank was significantly better, significantly louder, and um, Cash Clash of the Castle, which was a massively criticised event for its ticket pricing policy, still was much, much fuller and much louder than this event, despite the fact that it could only do a capacity of 66,000. I'm telling you now for a fact, there were more people in that building and they were more hyped for the event than, than, than this one. And there's other criticisms of it as well. I didn't think the build-up was particularly good. We could talk about that as well. Um, as far as the event goes, the merchandising was absolutely horrible. How do you do an event without having a event T-shirt with people on it? How do you not have merchandise for CM Punk? How do you not have T-shirts for children? Uh, how do you not have a program? How do you not have a signed event poster, which you can sell for £100 and probably sell like 20,000 of them, which would make you £200,000? You, you, you decided not to make £200,000. Uh, hold on, sorry. I think that, is that math right? I think it's, I think it's £2 million, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's two million, isn't it? 20,000 20, 20, times a hundred is two million. 
Yes, let's. I see. think I'll do it right now. Twenty thousand. It's two million. Yeah. yeah there you go. Okay. Okay. So you decided not to make two two million pounds because there's no way that you could not have sold twenty thousand signed posters. Maybe you couldn't have got them signed. Maybe that's unrealistic that, you know, with the way this, this roster gets along with each other quite badly. Um, maybe you couldn't get them together to like fucking 20,000, but maybe 10, 10,000, a cool, a cool million extra. How come you Will Washington isn't suggesting this to Tony? Oh, see, I, I threw Billy off so bad with that comment that it, uh, <laughs> it messed up the airwaves. Billy, are you there? Are you there, Billy? All right, I thought my question blew Billy off the phone, but uh, we just had a disconnection real quick. I asked, hey, how come uh, Will Washington isn't suggesting this to Tony? Isn't that his job? Uh, isn't he involved in creative or something? I mean, I mean, the thing is, it doesn't need to be a suggestion, does it? Because It's easy. Um, well, you should have people that tell you that shit. You should have quality control shit. It's just stupid little things that don't mesh when even putting a match together, where if you say, should I do this or that? And you go, well, that doesn't fucking make sense. They already do it. They already have the poster. I got the, I picked up the poster from San Francisco. It was signed by MGF and Daniel Bryan. In fact, these people are so marky, right? Some people would have blown, and I'm not exaggerating. Oh, yeah. They would have blown four, 500 pounds. If you said, oh, here's the signed match poster for Samoa Joe and CM Punk, and it's 75 pounds. It's signed by both of them. Oh, I'll take that. Oh, and there's another one for MJF and Adam Cole. I'll take that. There's 150 pounds. I bought two posters. One signed by MJF and Adam Cole. The other one signed by Punk and Joe. Guaranteed. There would have been people that would have bought both. Of course. How, how did you leave this money behind? You want to, you're so focused on lying about your ticket sales. And what you should have done was milked the losers that actually came and, and, and support you. Because look, it was the ugliest, smelliest crowd I've ever seen. It was all, all forty-year-old out of shape men. There, there were there were no children in our section. There weren't Umars because he sat in a family section. And again, that that plays to the point where he hasn't he isn't just sitting there and let me letting me run over um, run over the topic with my with my perspective on things. He flat out said, "Well, there was women in my section and there were kids in my section, but he sat in a family section where I sat. There was no women." And there were no, and there were no kids. Austin was the only one. It was all men. I showed you. You can see on the yeah, photo, it's all men. Picture, yeah. You can see what fucking horrible, ugly. You you imagine, imagine if they had, like you said, each match a poster for each match, with each of the guys signing that poster. Only a thousand of them for each match, and then a poster of everybody on it or just the words all in with every single person signing it, you know how many fucking, that is insane how many people. They would have said, I want each match poster signed and I want the poster of everybody signed. Um. Yeah, I mean, e either or. Guaranteed. Either or, you could have done it. You could have done it either way. Like, it, it would have... There was there was signed pictures. There was um, a program. Programs easy. Program with 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 um, twenty programs I've seen sold up to thirty pounds. But if you had twenty pound event programs there, um, you could have sold. <laughs> they say it's eighty thousand people. I'm almost, almost I'm always getting roped into it. Um, you, you could have sold fifty thousand, forty thousand maybe programs as well. 
there's no way people wouldn't have bought the program they would with the things these people collect and whatnot i just i just don't get it i don't understand where where their head was at in terms of um not not booking in advance um announcing matches with a couple of weeks to go you had you had three months and you knew you had another pay-per-view afterwards but you didn't announce matches for either one of them like, I understand the second one could be a struggle, but if you started announcing matches three months out for this one, at least you could have booked things on the show to set up rematches for the other one. You've not booked this one properly, even though it's in a stadium. All the focus was towards how we're going to break a fake record. Well, maybe you would have sold more tickets legitimately and you wouldn't have had to comp so many if you actually gave people something they wanted to see. I knew months out that Adam Cole and NGF was going to be on the card. And I thought, Jesus, that's going to need a lot of big, lot of good support in order for that to be a main event in the stadium. It didn't have it. Mm. It didn't have that support. I didn't felt like it had that support at all. We're further and further away from CM Punk and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks touching in the ring because the situation just got worse this weekend. So I, I don't understand what you're going to come back with next year. I also think the novelty of people coming out and seeing the show is kind of gone. I, I, people like Umar flat out said, I'm not, I would not buy a ticket to see them again next year. Um, so me, I'll take my free ticket. Uh, I'll sit wherever. I don't care. Like I, I didn't have anything else to do, but I mean, I, 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 my goal, my goal for, for the day was, was achieved in the morning. It was like, let's go and fucking, let's see if we can fucking get snap a photo of the guy that's trying to see me. Like that was it. I, I, I walked I wanted to integrate that comedy into my life. And you like know that, what? That was- I'll say, how dare you not fucking go yourself? Where's the balls, Billy? You needed to be with your son getting that fucking shit signed. He would. I wonder if he would have. I don't oh. think he would have fucking done anything. Obviously. It would have been even better. What do you mean? I, I don't think he would have recognized me the way I, nah, was, the way really. I looked that day. I don't but, know if he even I mean, knows what he you might. look like. I think I think he was told by people you said this or that. I, you know, I don't think he'd know if he bumped into you. It wasn't it wasn't him. It wasn't him. I was concerned about. It wasn't him. I was concerned about. I was more concerned. I, I, I was more concerned about the people around that were that were following him and the, all the people taking the photos because it would have it would have fucking it would have come up. But the, right. the thing is, You're is right. that it's it's different in terms of doing it after the show because if i'd done it on monday or after the show that's absolutely fine in fact i was in the hotel after the show hoping that we'd run into him anyway because i was like fucking hell like um you know i i've been a fan of his longer than austin has i still think you're a fan i don't think this really phased you much oh 100 i'm 100 i'm 100 percent on his side with everything i i think that the whole thing with with me and him was a misunderstanding i don't i don't think that he knew what the what the what the sign meant I think that he, I think he went on the defensive, like in terms of having to defend himself because that's how he is. Um, and obviously the plus plus stuff, um, LGBT plus plus stuff. Uh, I think if he could have it and do it over again, I don't think he would do it. But at the end of the day, even if he did, maybe he's shilling, maybe he's shilling to an audience that um, where he's trying to get their approval because he wants to be a baby face. And if you're a baby face, you can sell more shit. And if I had the money, I'd sue everyone. So I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't sit here and pretend I'm not a prick because if he's a prick, if he's a prick, I can't hate him for being a prick when I would just be as big a prick as he is if I had, if I had enough money to do so. I'd fucking sue everybody. You 
I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even do those photos that he was doing. So we're going to get into the CM Punk thing in, in a second here. Um, I said when I saw what he did at the show this last week after the match was done, I said to Fausti, I said, this is exactly why me and Billy are like fans of his. And because if it was something other than the sign that he went to, because did you see what he did? He went to the fucking... He he's a he's a big fuck you to the face of people who uh, bitch and complain, which is what we love. Doesn't matter the subject to me. I like if he believes in something, and if somebody else is fucking crying or whatever, or if people making noise about it, he goes and fucking doubles down the same way you. <coughs> excuse me, same way you do. Where oh you don't like that now I'm doing it fucking extra. And I think that's why you like him as well as me because he went outside the ring and somebody had a trans rights or human rights sign and he made sure to go stand right next to him and give a fucking wink to the camera. I fucking died. I was like, it's exactly, it's the fuck you. And with him dealing with the fucking bullshit in this company, this Tony Khan, I, I try. I fucking try because I go, good, you're giving me an alternative the guy's a fucking weirdo for one. He's he's very socially awkward and he's a weird fucking guy. As you saw him holding the belt for the Orange Cassidy match, it was fucking odd. He's he does the whole I live in Jacksonville and we came from Jacksonville. We went to London. I I love London, but our home's in Jacksonville. So we're in Jacksonville and it's like holy fuck. And and so he's a fucking odd guy for one. And I think he is not, I think he, and we've said this on the show, he wants to be friends so fucking bad with wrestlers. He, we see with the hugs and all this shit. He's fucking dying to do, he does not want to be the mommy and daddy and disciplinarian and fucking have someone not like him. So when shit gets out of hand, instead of him slapping the fuck out of these people, you know, figuratively speaking, and going, uh, you're under fucking contract. You'll do what I fucking say. And if you don't like that, here's the fucking door where young bucks and Kenny say, I won't fucking work with. No, no. Fuck you. That was number one. And then it's, I'm not going, I'm only going to work. I'm not coming to the building. Cause he's here. You fucking grown fucking men, which I'd like to say grown men. And punk seems to be the only one who has the fucking balls because you see Jack Perry talk his shit, which is there a, anyone ever less intimidating than Jack Perry? Like if Jack Perry came up to you no. and talk shit, you wouldn't even. I would fuck. You would laugh and you'd be like, "All right, buddy, you're fucking one forty. I, I calm down." So he, you know, cry me a river and this bullshit, right? So he doesn't have the fucking balls. He don't say this to fucking Punk. He walks into the back and Punk has to fucking say they're a fucking problem, which then Jack kind of has to say yes because he just called him out. And f how quickly? He gets fucking taken down into a fucking chin lock or whatever the fuck he is, a headlock. It's like that quick. And it is, and, and Tony Khan, that this happens, Conan verified from a source that was standing right fucking there. So it's 100%, right? It happens in front of Tony Khan. It is fucking feet at the gorilla, right? And Tony Khan at the press conference, we're investigating. <laughs> You motherfucker, you saw it. It fell in your lap. We're investigating. Have some fucking balls. So he suspends these two. And even worse, he might as well have sent a FedEx letter to fucking punk like Vince did on his honeymoon. 
He fucking finds out by his lawyer that he's been suspended. He's too much of a fucking pussy to call him himself and talk to him and tell him you're fucking suspended because Punk starts screaming about, I want, fuck this place. I hate this place. I want to fucking quit, which I, I have no doubt now that he wants to get the fuck out of there, obviously. But I do not know if we are going to see him again there. I don't know if he's going to be like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm done. Just, you don't need to pay me the rest of the fucking contract. I'm fucking done. I fucked this place uh, and see what they could do because they clearly, all the other wrestlers for the most part, don't fucking want him there. And if there's one guy that is causing the entire place to have a fucking problem since Tony does not have the balls to discipline anyone, then he's got to fucking be done with the one person that everybody seems to have a fucking issue with. Um, stupid, obviously. But Tony could have fucking ended this very quickly because if the stories are true that Punk was reaching out to talk to the Bucks, to talk to Kenny, have a sit down and iron it out, it's a grown fucking man. Sure, you have words with somebody, but there is nothing that you cannot just talk about and be done with. Let's do business. We don't need to be fucking buddies, but we could fucking do this. Talk things out. Be fine. Bucks refuse to fuck it. I'm not talking to him. The fucking douchebag hangman. I'm not talking to him. It's fucking ridiculous. That is not fucking grown man shit at all. And for Punk being a shitty UFC guy, right? Still fucking tougher than the fucking fake wrestler that hasn't done anything like that. No training of that. He's still going to get put in a fucking headlock in about two seconds from a guy who's trained in that at all. So this uh, fucking tough man bullshit in the back where... They have the balls to yell to everyone else other than the guy that they're talking about. And if it was known ahead of time, Jax got this plan. He's going to fucking talk shit to the fucking camera. And for Tony not to know that this is going to fucking go on, it's shit management for one. But, I mean, I get it that you can't know everything if somebody's keeping a secret. You don't know. But he should have fucking grabbed Jungle Boy the second he fucking came through the back and said, what the fuck is that? Why do you fucking start shit? Because he clearly started shit. He, they asked originally for him, he wanted to fall through a fucking glass, right? And they asked all the producer people. And then they went to fucking Punk for his fucking opinion, who is trying to fucking protect people as in, you don't need to do this, Jack. It's unfucking necessary. I'm not saying you fucking, you know, are, are afraid to do it. It's not necessary. Why would you do this to yourself? You don't fucking need to. And so the decision is Jack can't do this. Why are you holding this on Punk? Like they said to him, well, it's Punk's choice. And if he says no, everyone has to abide by it. If that's the case, then the company's even more fucking retarded because it shouldn't be one person's choice other than the owner of the company if it's his choice. But for all producers to not fucking want this and he puts it on Punk that it's his fucking fault, it... I'm fucking stunned by this, but I don't I think Punk wants the fuck out of there badly. And and rightfully so. It's it's a fucking toxic fucking place. It's just one thing after another there. It's as the world turns. You can see that. Like, how could you It's every week. Unless you're <laughs> unless you're in like unless you've got him wrapped around your finger, which some people have, and you're willing to just ride out that and ride that out for your own financial gain and i'm talking about tony khan mm. why would you want to be there unless 
you are just using this guy and you're on the right side of him and you know how he works and he's just fucking he's a fan he's a fan of yours and you're willing to just fucking take his hugs and cuddles and take his phone calls and be his best friend and you want to do that then obviously it's sweet to shut the fuck up and and take his money yeah. like kevin nash used to say it reminds me of kevin nash when he used to say oh these fucking these fucking idiots are morons they thought we were going back to wwe yeah. they put new contracts in front of us and we were like absolutely yeah. like and they made the signature sign right fuck it i'll sign yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That's exactly how I feel that some of these people operate here in this company. They are the beneficiaries. They know they're working for an idiot. But if you're actually looking to um, have some level of professionalism and you want to and you actually have some pride in your work and in this company and with your CM Punk and there's more pressure on you where it's like, OK, I didn't I, I chose to make my comeback here. Well, we need to show them what they missed out on. I need to do well here. I need to have good matches here. I need to be in good storylines. I need to move the ratings. He can't do that. He's handcuffed by these fucking idiots who, who hasn't booked Punk correctly throughout the time he's been there and doesn't know how to book anybody. And just out there doing embarrassing interviews, making embarrassing business decisions, and is just sitting there quite openly booking his show for the fucking dirt sheet marks. I heard the people that somehow were at this press conference, he had the BBC there. He had the BBC. He managed to get them to come to the press conference. So he had a worldwide audience, a significant, significant members of the media engaged, but he did a one hour, 42 minute press conference of which the final 45 minutes, this fucking jerk off, like carried it by himself talking absolute nonsense about, we're doing this Japanese show and we're paying tribute to Anthony Inoki and we're doing really well on ITV. And it was all for the marks and nobody cared. He had no idea, no self-awareness, no awareness in terms of the fact that, okay, somehow we've managed to intrigue the worldwide media here. So let's keep it fucking short and sweet and to the point. Now let's say shit that gets people engaged. I mean, fuck, like this is the show you have Mike Tyson on. This is the show that you have some sort of major celebrity on. This is where you try to create a sports center moment or a moment that ends up actually on the BBC television or on a British national newspaper or actually garners some positive publicity because you have that one viral moment that, that people remember from AW and then they attach your fake sellout to that. The reason why nobody's talking about their fake sellout is number one, because it's fake. And number two, nothing happened that's relevant to anybody that's not a fucking wrestling loser. Nobody cares at MJF one. Nobody cares that Moxley bled again. Nobody cares that that, that that any about anything that happened on this show. Nobody cares that CM Punk won the first match. No one cares because it's all wrestling shit. And the BBC and all of the other media 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 outlets that were out there didn't care. They all they saw was a very weird dude going on and on for for an hour and forty five minutes. It was bizarre. Like it would imagine not being used to him not being used to Tony Khan and watching this shit so, and, and just wanting and probably just wanting to go home. Can you imagine like yeah. questions after question that's of no relevance to you at all? And you've been allocated this wrestling show as your job. You've been given, Oh, you're going to this wrestling show and you're not into it, but you are trying to, you are obligated to watch it and you are, you are trying to help them 
by giving them some column inches that you've they've been they've been gifted some column inches because they decided to run Wembley Stadium. And this is what he did with the time. Fucking mental. No wonder CM Punk doesn't want to be there. No, unless unless you're getting a handout and you're on the right side of this guy. Like obviously, look at people that that never done anything with their career. Like Britt Baker uh, was a, was a jobber in in WWE. She did nothing. She was squashed by Nia Jax. Uh, MJF didn't do anything there. Ricky Starks didn't do anything there. So so all these people that are there that he's a fanboy of, um, they're they're obviously all going to benefit. MJF's never going to leave. MJF's never going to leave mm. because he's going to pay MJF five times more than what he's worth. And I'm not saying MJF's not worth that money, but you're only worth as much as what the other yeah. company will pay you. So it's like if fucking Aaron Rodgers, um, it, it, you know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers wanted to leave Green Bay. Like, so <laughs> New York Jets didn't pay him three times the money to go. Like, that's just fucking stupid. It's yeah. not worth doing. Like he 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 was taking up a large amount of Green Bay's salary, and we could barely afford to pay him what we were paying him, and it was becoming very, um, you know, you know, very hostile and just very difficult to. Yeah, it was becoming toxic. So I, I don't even know for a fact that he went to the Jets for more money, but the bottom line is, is that they would never triple the money if WWE no, are very. He just wanted to leave. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, and and that's that, that's the thing. If nobody. He's offering MJF $3 million a year, which they are not because of his size and because they don't know how his shtick translates to a PG audience. If no one's offering $3 million, why are you offering him $3 million? He can't turn, he can't turn down your $3 million if he doesn't have $3 million somewhere else. Like, so what's he going to do? Go, like, what's he going to do? A different job? He ain't going to like, Japan either. He, right. It's just insane. Like, everything this guy does, I can't believe. I can't believe he runs businesses, major businesses, a Premier League team, the Jacksonville Jag, the Jacksonville Jaguars, a, a major wrestling company. I can't believe it. It's, I can't believe he won the when, when I see him. But aren't you just in shock when you put it? When you try to put it into perspective and think what this guy actually does, what he runs, and what he's been given, and you and you watch him conduct himself in, in a press conference and watch him talk and his awkward mannerisms and the, mm. and, and, the, and the weird shit he comes out with. Don't you just scratch your head and go, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I I, I understand the same. Okay, it's... think of it another way. Think of it another way. Like Just just one second, let me make this point and then you can speak. Um, just don't be a Bears fan for two two minutes. Sure. Be a Jags fan and watch him. And just, just think, just pretend you're as passionate about the Jags as you are about the Bears and he's your owner. And you, what, what are you thinking? Well, here's the th here's my my logical right off the bat is well he's not running anything in the fucking Jaguars his father owns it I don't know what exactly he fucking does he we saw him blowing bubbles and before you ask who's bubbles um remember that at the fucking draft he was sitting there with fucking but he was talking about he's talking about he's he's talking about the pay this this dream event they're gonna have is only gonna be the fourth Jags game he's ever missed in his life. That's what he said yeah, on the press well, conference. If your father owned the fucking... He said the other two times he was sick. Well, that's the thing. If your father owned the Tennessee Titans, you'd be at all those fucking games too. And you'd probably have a job in the office doing something at least and more of a higher up position. But I don't think it's anything to... It can't be anything of consequence. He is not the head of scouting. He's not the fucking, uh, you know, hiring the GMs. He, there's no fucking chance in hell. Um, 
I will, I don't even know where he went to school. I don't know if his father said, you need to go to college. Like, it, it, you know what it is? It's fucking Tommy boy. It's, <laughs> but he is, but he's the head. He is the head and the designated chairman of Fulham Football Club, a Premier League team. He is. He does run Fulham. So maybe he knows something about fucking soccer. I don't fucking know. But you would think he went to business school. Like his father was like, you need to go get a degree and all this kind of shit. And then I could give you something to be in charge of. Because his father's a fucking genius. And his father's a businessman. He's not just going... Yeah, I own the fucking Jags. Fuck it. You want to fucking run it? There's there's not a chance. Um, maybe that's why they've been so bad until just fucking recently. Um, but I see him sitting around like, I think he's the fucking kid. I think he's the fucking Tommy boy. And I think they're all like, oh, fucking yeah, Tony's over here. Hey, Tony, how you doing? We missed you. You know, one of those we comes walking by. I don't think it's, oh, fuck, he knows what he's doing, this fucking Tony. It's, you're the son of a fucking rich guy. You're the son of a guy who had nothing that made himself and is a fucking genius and an entrepreneur and did something. He has not done anything. He was given, he he opened the AEW, and I wonder who else is putting in input, input but I, it takes a hell of an ego to just go, no, I've watched wrestling. I'm going to run this whole thing without even thinking about it. I think you have a little bit in that of in you to where you'd say, I'm going to run this, but I think you're also smart enough to go, I'm going to surround myself with the fucking best minds possible. I'm going to have roundtable thoughts. I might be the final say, but um, I'm going to get input from everybody. It's not just going to be me because there's a lot of shit to deal with. Um, from what I've heard from other people is... It's end-all, be-all with him writing the fucking shows just because he wants to say he fucking did it. Because when talking to Russo, I was like, I don't believe he wouldn't take advice. I, I had hope. And he's like, I'm telling you, dude, it's only fucking him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would certainly talk to Russo, Disco, uh, and if I had... CM Punk and Chris Jericho in my room, oh, in my company. I would, I would, I would, I would talk to them. Um, it would, it wouldn't be all done done by me. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be. In terms of the lower level stuff, or as Vince said, he was no longer involved in the weeds when he did that interview, which mm -hmm. basically was saying that he was back in charge of the higher level of creative, or he would have final say over champions and things of that nature. That the only thing that had really changed was that um, he wasn't going to be booking the first match and yeah. the, the rest of the stuff lower down the car. I mean, that's, I've never, in fact, in all the years we've watched, I've never heard anybody actually flower to say, I'm not dealing with the weeds. <laughs> that was the first time I ever heard that in an interview. I'd never heard it referred to, I heard a curtain jerker. I, 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 I can, I mean, if he turned around and said, I'm not going to be dealing with who jerks, who jerks the curtain, sorry, who uh, I'm not going to be dealing with, the curtain jerkers or anything like that. That would have been a term I was familiar with, but obviously that's a thing here Vince is different. in the weeds. <laughs> that's a saying here. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like he knows how to talk mm -hmm. to the actual general public. He knows how to yeah. go out there and be on television and how to communicate with the rest of the world. You cannot say in any point, whatever, whether you like him or not. And these people are like, Oh, they're fucking rapists. I don't care. Like <laughs> if you, if you they got they got paid. They didn't get raped. They were they were 
it was surprise sex, and then they got paid afterwards. Um, so <laughs> That's a new term. Surprise. We got to make a T-shirt. It's not rape. It's surprise sex. <laughs> I would have had that be the fucking label of the show this week, but. <laughs> Do you want to uh, go over a couple uh, questions and comments that I got? But this I, week sorry, just, just to finish that one just finish that one point. Yeah. So no, as much as you, whether you like him or not, you cannot say that Vince McMahon has gone out there and has confused people with his communication. You cannot ever look at any interview he's dead and said that he's an idiot or he's a moron or he's awkward. In fact, if anything, it's the opposite where he came out there and when he did that thing with Bob Costas and, and, and whatever, and was starting to get aggressive. Um, then you say, you say, you say, you say to yourself, um, yeah, that's the fucking owner of the World Wrestling Federation. Like, he acts like the owner of the World Wrestling Federation because, obviously, there's got to be an element of that inside him in order to... Who, who is going to be the boss of these big, juiced-up guys? Who is going to be able to tell them what to do? Oh, I know who it's going to be. It's going to be the guy who doesn't fucking take any shit in his interview and might actually fight the fucking presenter who's asking him the, 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 the awkward questions. Like, I, I didn't take any huge negative connotation from that because the owner of the world wrestling federation at the time had to have that strength of character in order to, in order to be that way. I mean, obviously it's not advisable once you step into a shareholder, a, a shareholder environment, and you've got to conduct yourself in a different way, which is why when you chuck Stephanie and triple H out there, if you look at triple H's demeanor and he's new to it, he's only a year in every press conference he's done. He doesn't look like a fucking moron either. Can you honestly say that Triple H looks like a moron who doesn't know how to connect with A, the wrestling fan base, but also ESPN, mm -hmm. the BBC, whoever else might be there? There's no joke that you can make about Triple H. There's no, no awkwardness. There's no uncomfortableness. There's, no, there's nothing there where you turn around. And he's not the fucking son of a billionaire. Yeah. He's a guy who took this job a year ago and can sit there and act like a normal person who doesn't look out of place. Same thing can be said for Dana White. If you and if you look yeah. back at old Dana White, old Dana White, he's not the same as he was now. He was a little bit more um, level-headed and a little bit less blunt and forthcoming as he is. But now, obviously, Dana, Dana White has evolved into the fucking best version of himself, and he knows his industry and he knows his character. And Joe Rogan knows how to be Joe Rogan and. That's how these people become iconic. But, I mean, not saying that Triple H isn't that right now with what he is, but he's definitely a good mouthpiece to sit there and represent your, com your company and to be in front of the worldwide media. Tony Khan isn't. I would honestly fucking hire somebody to do this instead yeah. at this point. It's, it looks so bad. It looks terrible. It looks really fucking bad. The way, yeah, he just does not have that charisma to be talking to people. And I was thinking the same thing with Triple H after watching him, too, because I was like... You know, Triple H, for a guy who's not, like, done this, he went right into it, knows how to speak to company, knows how to speak to people, just like a businessman, and it's it's a very different vibe. And I'm like, this was a guy who was a fucking wrestler before this. And, you know, I just remembered we were actually going to let Uma on the show. So maybe I might do an, uh, I might do an extra show then okay. at some point. So questions before we're out of here. Just got a couple and a couple comments, right? Uh, this is from T-Bone McFlanagan. Uh, question for the show. Seeing how things are developing, is Billy worried that Austin will get a woke education and thus form woke opinions? 
P.S. Favorite pizza place in London? Um, woke education. Yeah, I, I, I do worry about that. Like, even in terms of him. So he's, um, you know, a few a few months ago, I had a go at CM Punk because I didn't think that he knew enough about children in order to hold up that sign. Mm. And that, that generally comes from having a child who's changed his mind about a lot of things. Now his new go-to is, I'm going to be an actor. I mean, Tom Cruise has told him he's going to make it. Yeah. Like, so, you know, he's very much on that on that point at the moment where, I mean, it comes also from the fact that, look, I'm, I'm blunt-like as well. Um, I've told him, you're not going to make it in sports. You don't work hard enough. You don't go and practice. You do your tennis lessons every week, but you don't go out and play tennis. You go and play football at an allocated time and you play for your team, but you don't go out there and kick the ball against the wall. You yeah. are not going to make it. Like, I tell him, you're not going to make it. You're, you're not dedicated enough. You're lazy. You're, well, computer games are not going to get you anywhere. I tell him straight <laughs> up. And so drama is a good thing. Uh, I'm not that fucking pussy parent. I'm just like, you're fucking lazy. You're not going to make it. There's kids that are better than you like because they try harder. Simple. So it's it's a fact. You need to tell it to people. You can't fucking sugarcoat this bullshit because it, you know, they, they'll turn 18 years old and they'll know nothing about the reality of the world. So um, his, his new thing is drama and it involves going to the people that, that want to get the head start. They need to go to an actual drama school school where they do um, three days of subjects and two days of drama. So the school day will become longer. Or instead of being like, um, at nine till three, it will be eight till five because you have to get all those lessons in in those three days. And then it will be drama solidly for two days. And it's a private, so it's a private school. So that's what he, he's like, yeah, I want to. So we went, we sent him to like the courses there, like the one week course. And he's done a few of those. Like, yeah, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. So I won't do that until um, I'm 100% sure this isn't another fad because it's going to cost me 18,000 pounds a year, 6,000 6, pounds a term, 6,000 for every, for every 12 weeks. So when I do go to these schools and drop him off, bearing in mind they're drama schools and there's dance teachers there and acting teachers there and all that, it's fucking full of rainbow garbage, full of rainbow garbage all over the place. LGBT this equal this, equal that. So if he, he, it's bad enough at the school, but if he goes in this direction, there's going to have to be a serious talk of, you're going to like, listen, do your shit, try hard, fucking, but don't fucking be roped into any of this shit. No fucking marches. No, like this is what it is. Boys are boys, girls are girls. That, that's, he is told that. And the thing is, is that the best thing that's going on with kids is the separate, is the yeah? I, I don't I don't think kids should spend too much time in front of their phones and mine's too overly obsessed with the internet. But anything that I don't mind him scrolling across and and I can't scroll across the internet without hitting one of his videos every four or five videos and that's Andrew Tate. Um, and, and Tate's out there doing the doing our our job as parents because he's providing a, the best possible education for people in terms of, and this is the thing, like if you don't watch Tate, you don't actually know what he turns around and said, but the overall message is men are men, boys are boys, work hard, get off your fucking arse, go to the gym, eat properly. Not, nothing's just going to happen for you by itself. And if you work hard and if you work hard and play hard, you've got a better chance of being successful. Like don't fucking be a fucking slob. And no, that's not the message at all. It's turned into, it's turned into fucking, rape women women are pieces of shit they don't deserve any like 
any respect when actually what he's flat out said is that like I women are the most important thing on earth and we need to we need to look after them. So he believes in the whole let's fucking let's let's fucking pay for everything and look after them old school. His, his stuff is like old school. But the main message there is to fucking don't be a fat slob. Fucking like don't don't sit there and and do fuck all with your day and fuck all with your life. Like get up and fucking do something. And that's the message that's completely lost because the woke agenda won't let you get the real message and they'll misinterpret and misconstrue parts of what he says and turn him into a rapist or the villain or whatever they're trying to do because he's out there giving you the other message whilst the other side, all the liberals are trying to tell you, oh, you, you're, you're never, you can't, you don't have to be thin to be a model. You can be fat. You can be you can be fat. We will have fat people, black people. We'll have men that are women, women that are men. Like every, every everybody. Like there's there's fucking a Mexican Little Mermaid and a Mexican Snow White turning around and telling you, and Disney are telling you that offs are offensive, and uh, and that the story in that movie is offensive. Like everything is turning to shit. And Trump was the only one that fucking hit the nail on the head when he said everything woke will turn to shit because the woke stuff's never been shit as it was now. And I'm waiting for this fucking bubble to burst, but I don't actually know how much more stupid that things can get. I'm just hoping by the time he's quite ingrained into that drama school that these stupid fucking flags come down and we're not doing so much of this shit by then. I, I, I honestly feel that we are at our peak because if we're not at our peak, the next thing they're going to turn around and tell us is that pedophiles have rights well, and they don't they they should be killed him in the fucking drama fucking studio is going to be just swarmed with gays that's that's where all the gays are is in drama so good luck to you um yeah and that's then that's my concern it's not so much the gays like being gay but it's a situation of where um there's there's faith there's there's favoritism towards the gays and those that might be involved in with each other, if you know what I mean. So, so yeah, that that that's the issue, where 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 a gay actor fucking the gay cast uh, casting agent might have an advantage. That's my concern. <laughs> uh, do you know who Austin, the Louisville slugger, is? Because he just wanted to say hi and says it's been a while, so I said I'd pass it along to him. Um. And then we have I read you that fucking book already. Um. And. The guy who wrote me the book, Aiden, over here, pro wrestling uh, something. Uh, if you have this video uh, online on Twitter, I'm sure it is, from whatever newscast uh, was saying that records were broken at Wembley, please tweet it to us, and I'll play it on the show. Uh, Michael Gillis says, first, he sent a couple things, because uh, first he said it was on Sunday. See, there's tarps on Wembley stands, quite a few. Second, you called it. Khan lied about the attendance, Billy. Next. The podcast that Billy did told the fucking truth and it was great. Finally, someone who has the truth and shuts those fucking marks up. So pretty much just a comment for you. Um, that's it. Now, somebody else uh, tweeted us during the show and says, the stands alone can hold 90K for football games with more mm -hmm. areas Correct. covered up due to fans clashing. So, but I'm like, well, there's a shit ton of fucking places that were tarped off. Cause I'm like, I wonder if you could get a good look at the stadium, know which sections were tarped off, know how many seats in that section were each. Cause you go, oh, it's a section. You know how many se seats are there. Boom, take those away. Yeah, I do know. Oh, then you can you actually know, do fucking homework to really fucking nail this fucker exact. But like I said, 
I have. It's gone by since fucking uh, sold, and that's where they're getting away with it. I have. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the um, what the very close to the attendance is. Um, I bought it here. I did. I did this with my. Um, I did this with my cousin who who owns uh, one of the bars. Hold on. Um, where are we? Okay. So the highest possible attendance for Wembley Stadium is ninety four thousand. That's yeah. what they did. That's what they have when the floor seats are, are used for Fury and White did it. Mm-hmm. So. In my estimation, um, no, not in my estimation. So I'm going to go for the official numbers and then break down my estimations afterwards. 38,000 people can sit in the 500 sections, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, that 1,966 people will sit in the 200 sections. That's an official number. Um, the 38,000 is probably actually 38,044, so it probably be the the 44 extra people from the 1966 then you have 50,000 people in the 100 section so that is spread with 10,000 each side behind the goal line and 15,000 across for the long side okay so immediately off that 10,000 seats are gone because that's where they decided to put the camera okay then you lost an additional 10,000 seats because they ended up using 67% of the section to build the entrance. And you could only have seats around the outside of that section. So um, they, the size of the stage was identical to the, side of, of the size of the end zone side that was covered. It was almost identical. And I counted the sections across. And you can see it's the same level of tarping from the photos that, that covers up the entire side behind the goal. So when you eliminate 20,000 20, seats, that only leaves you 30,000 to sell. And I've been generous enough in my estimation to give them um, 30,000 seats. In fact, I said, um, where's my maths here? I gave them 27,000 for those sections because there were empty seats, right? Mm-hmm. I then gave them 3,000 on the floor because it wasn't a full 4,000 on the floor. You can see it. That you can drive a car around there. You could drive a car through there safely. Mm-hmm. There was no. They did. They, they did not use the full four thousand. Do you agree? You could see how wide the gaps were. Yeah, I, it was. And pretty I generously, yeah, I generously gave them three thousand. Uh, then I gave them twenty three thousand of the thirty eight thousand in the five hundreds. I thought the five hundreds were half full because some sections were pretty much empty. I could have. I could have been really stingy and said it was 19,000 uh, and said it was half full, but I've decided to go and say that it was 60% full. Despite some sections being empty, some sections were prim- primarily full. So I arrived at 2,300. And also in the, in the 200 sections, you could see where Sasha Banks was sitting. It was empty behind her. There were a lot of sections like that. My section uh, didn't have people behind me like in terms of rows being full, it was it was scattered um, all over the place. There were gaps in my section, but I still was generous and gave them twelve hundred out twelve hundred seats out of one thousand nine hundred and sixty six. So instead of saying that was half full, I still gave them a sixty percent benefit and gave them a sixty percent benefit in the five hundreds. So the number we arrived at was um, two thousand three hundred for the five hundreds. 1,200 for the 200s, 27,000 people in the 100 section, which means that they only failed to sell 3,000 seats, very generous, uh, and 3,000 for the floor, which comes to 
54,200. That mm. is as close to the real attendance as, as I think anyone's going to get. Mm. Very good. From, um, from someone who knows, from someone who knows the stadium. Yeah, the Austin Louisville guy, he, he texts us too and said, uh, yeah, what's up with those huge gaps on the floor? Zero chance, 80K. Uh, people were there. Very impressive stat to have 50,000 people there considering they don't even get that many that people watch uh, weekly on TV. So, yeah, to have 50, God bless you. That, that's fucking great. No need to uh, bullshit about it. And here's, what, and, here's what, what's, and here's what's mad, right? Because mm-hmm. um, throughout the throughout the month of September, which begins tomorrow, right, September mm-hmm. the 1st, across to September the 30th, I don't think they will do 81,000 in ticket sales through the entire month. Yeah, no way. Even though they've got that Arthur Ashe show, I don't think if you combine their four dynamite tapings and whatever house shows they do in the entire month of September, they will not reach 81,000. So how did they do it in one night in a country where 110,000 people watch their show? And what a mistake to have Punk suspended for the week that they're in Chicago. <laughs> no wonder they're doing Oh, I, got you a, I just talked a story about that. So just to give a plug there, so yeah, if, you're, if you want to listen to some of the we're done shows, with it anyway, so yeah, give the plug. Yeah, yeah, the new there is news now dropping. Uh, Raw by Raw reviews, a paywall show. So all the bonus content is now going out. All the free yeah. stuff is done. Uh, there's no excuse. All you need to do is subscribe via Apple, and the news is out. And there's a big news story there about um, it. Basically says, and you can read between the lines, Chicago stands with CM Punk. Mm-hmm. So. A disaster is expected this <laughs> weekend. Is all I'm the week say. after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's and people are starting to um, people are starting to respond to the suspension. Let's let's put it that way and let people go over and listen to the actual audio because it's fucking it's funny as fuck and it's it's deserved as well because uh, yeah, I mean, what did you think was going to happen? Like, did you did you think they were coming to see anyone else? Like, I know. Come it's... on. Um, and also, at the very least, if he's not going to be there and you could still look at the card and go, yeah, but actually, it's still a good card, so I might as well go. No, you can't. It's fucking awful. It's the worst card of the year. And WWE's card on the night before is not exactly covering no. itself in glory. But you know, it's, it's, it's not as bad as uh, the AEW one. Uh, by the way, like we have... Um, somewhat neglected those shows so I will be doing a episode over on the Lockbetting podcast where I'll be looking at both of those shows via the betting lines because we can't go three hours there because that's what it would take to cover those fucking two shows yeah at least at least two and a half so uh, it's it's another hour isn't it to cover all the matches on both shows from this point Um, so yeah I I will do that on the Lockbetting feed so that's a free show all you need to do is go over there and subscribe and, uh, yeah, you'll get that show for free. I'm going to look at the betting lines for both uh, AEW and WWE this weekend, who are both doing their most <laughs> relevant pay-per-view cards of the year. But I'll look at them anyway together. So, yeah, um, next week really starts in everything because I'll have my AEW show once a week that I'll be putting out there. Um, and me and Billy will have our uh, other paywall show that we put up, too. So you can go to podbean.com uh, and search Dirty Sheets podcast, you'll find it there. You could subscribe there. Or if, like we said, if you have Apple uh, podcasts on your phone, you could automatically, boom, subscribe from your phone. But either way, as long as you're listening. Uh, so, yeah, football season is starting next week. So all this stuff is changing, and you guys will have more shows. But you got to 
shell out for them too. But they will be free shows on the feed as well. So uh, send in your questions or anything like that, and we'll get to them, of course, always uh, at Dirty Sheets X. I'm at Lingus Mafia, and uh, Billy is at Lock Betting X on X or Twitter, as we like to say. Uh, for Mr. Billy Body, I am Cav Manning, and we'll see you next time. You idiot!